Help of Hashem, we are learning about the Kama Daf Ayin Zayin. We left off on Daf Ayin Vav Amid Bey's second to last line before the bottom of the Amit. We are learning a beautiful sugi here explaining the Mishnah Daf Ayin Dalid Amid Bey's, the Shita of Rab Shimon. The case, the way the Gemara concluded of the Mishnah is that a owner, let's call him Chaim, who owns an animal, was Magdish the animal. Then a Ganav steals an animal that was already consecrated by its rightful owner. And, and then the Ganav shechts it. So Rab Shimon says there will be times where the Ganav has to pay Dalad Vehe. How does that work? First of all, the first question is the Torah says Dalad Vehe. Even Kefal, only Shoir Re'eyu, Veloishal Hagdish. So that's Rav Shimon in the Mishnah that says that when the animal, that Chaim, the owner, was Magdish, he was Magdish to fulfill his neder, which means that if something were to happen to this animal before it was actually halachically brought on the altar, the owner will have to replace it. The owner is Chayim Achrayis. Rav Shimon holds Kol Hagoyim Lamamin Kamoyim Kamamin Dami. Now that the Ghana for Uven took it away from Chaim. When it's not brought properly, Chaim is going to have to replace it. So it's considered Chaim's enough for us to say that you Ghana for Uven, you shechted an animal that belongs to Chaim. And therefore give him Dawad Vahe. The problem is we had on Daf Ayin Vav Amidalif. One second. Rab Shimon is the one that holds Shechita Sheinir Uya Okay, I get it. It's considered still Chaim's, because it's Chayib Bachrayas. But for what are you Chayib Dalad Either for selling it or for shechting it. It's not called Shechita, because it's Shechita She'en Didn't accomplish anything. It's, you disqualified the carbon for, what the, for which the Gemara gave three answers, and we're going to focus on the third answer, which we're up to. The Shlakish answered is like the case was, like we mentioned, Chaim, the owner, was Magdash, an animal. Reuven stole that animal from Chaim's home. Because Chaim is Chayev Bachrayis, we still consider it Vigunaf Mi Beiso Ish, it belongs enough to Chaim, but the animal became blemished. And he shechted it outside the Beis Amigdash, but it's not a Kachim animal outside the Beis Amigdash that was disqualified. It's an animal that's already blemished. And therefore it's called Shechita Ruya. To which Rabbi Lazar asked, one second, I get it, the animal was blemished, but really, you're not allowed to shecht it and eat it. You have to redeem it. And as we spoke out on the last year, obviously, the case of the Mishnah wasn't that it was redeemed. Because if it was redeemed, then it's Bechlal not Hegdish anymore. The Mishnah is speaking about that Ganaf, the Hegdish, the Tavach. It's Hegdish. It means it was not redeemed. If it was not redeemed, so then even though Reuven slaughtered, Staka, not an animal, that's Kachim Bachutz, but you still cannot eat it until you redeem it. So if the Shechita was not the Matir, yeah. It's not. It's not disqualified because of kachim b'chutz. But the problem is, is that since the shechita does not in itself allow you to eat it, because you still have to redeem it. So if the shechita is not the matter, the question is, it still it should still be considered shechita she'ena roya. To which the Gemara answered that Rab Shimon is the one that holds. Yes, you did not yet redeem it, but since there is a mitzvah for you to redeem it, it's considered as if you redeemed it. And it's considered enough as if you redeemed it to make the shechita called the shechita Now we have to show 
from where do we know that Rab Shimon holds Kol Ha'aymed Liftois Kipadi Damai? So two lines from the bottom. The Kol Ha'aymed Lipades Kipadi Damai. Where do we have this in Rab Shimon? The Tanya. Rab Shimon Aimer. Returning to Daf Ayin Zayin. Here we're speaking about a Paraduma. Now a Paraduma by divine providence. We just started today. It's we're in the earlier days of Chodesh Menachemov. Tavshin Ayin Vav. We just started learning Perek Echad Layim Rambam. We're actually going to learn a sheet in the Mishnah that the Rambam does not paskin like, but for those of us who are learning the Rambam, we're familiar with these dinim. If you have a paraduma that has to be slaughtered on Har Hazesim, facing the Makim Hamigdash, the din is going to be, let's read inside the, the Braisa, para, and again we're going to read it with the Shuvah here, metamei tumas eicholin, a paraduma after it's slaughtered, could become Tomei, it could become susceptible to become Tomei, it could become Tomei, and it could convey Tumor. The question is, let's quickly review what we learned in Shittas Rab Shimon. According to the Chachamim, Oichlin is called Oichlin if it's edible. We don't care whether you can halachically eat it or not. Rab Shimon is more lenient. Rab Shimon holds that foodstuff that is completely halachically unedible. When I say completely, I mean not only can the owner not eat it, but the owner cannot even derive benefit from. Wherever the owner could derive benefit, even though he cannot eat it, he can give it to a guy, for example. So it's still called edible. But if the owner cannot even have hanor, Rab Shimon is lenient and he says, it's not called, quoting a Pasuk and Pasha Shemini, mikol ha'oichal asher yeachal. It's not food. Now, you would think, you're kidding? A paraduma that was slaughtered, right after it's slaughtered, it's slaughtered on a pile of wood, you sprinkle the blood towards the Makim HaMikdash and you burn it. No one can derive benefit. So you were to think that that food can never become tummy and therefore it can never convey Tumah. Says Rab Shimon, not so simple. That even the para, after it's slaughtered, the meat, even though really it's Asr Bahana, Mitame Tumah Seicholen. Question is how? You're not allowed to have Hana from it. So that's the other din of Rab Shimon that we spoke out on the last year. That even Rab Shimon will be moida that if there was a moment that the food was allowed to be eaten, it's considered edible food. Even though if now it's no longer allowed, not, it still is food that could become tame and therefore can convey tame if it has at least the sides of a bayam. Why? So Rab Shimon explains, There was a moment of fitness no, there was a moment that it was classified as food. So Rab Shimon says it remains classified as food. Now before we go on again, just to speak out, that there are two versions in this b'raisa, whether we're speaking about mitame, mitame means with a shva, to convey, to make something else tame, versus mitame, with a chidik. Mitame means to contract umma. And I'll speak out the difference, we're going to quote the Toysavis in a moment. But let's first get to the b'raisa. So we're turning to Ahmed, the big Ahmed over here. And the Ahmed of Shimon ben Lakish, Rish explaining this b'raisa. How can you say that when you shech the paraduma, according to Rav Shimon, there was a shas hakoshed exactly when? The animal was designated as a paraduma. It needed to be designated as a paraduma. You can never eat the meat. How, how, is, how is there a shas hakoshed? So Rish Lakish explains, Oymet hoi Rav Shimon. That's based on another din of Rav Shimon. That paranivdis al That's the din we learned yesterday in the Rambam. If you, if you designate a paraduma, and you find a more beautiful paraduma, 
It's amazing that the concept of offering a carbon from the most beautiful applies even to the paraduma. No one is eating it. You're not even shechting it in the Beis Amigdash. It doesn't even have Kedushas Haguf. Paraduma is in the category of Kedushas Damim. But nevertheless, the Torah calls it Achatos. Be that as it may, Rav Shimon is of the opinion that even after you shechted the paraduma, if there is a justified reason for you to redeem it, you redeem it. And if, since you are allowed to redeem it, that's going to be the din, it's considered as if you did redeem it. That's only before you burnt it. Once you burnt it, then you can't redeem it. Then it's going to be used for the afar chatas. Alma, we see from over here, so now that's going, that answers the whole question. Just like Rab Shimon is going to say that the paraduma can be metame, in the case of our Mishnah, the way the Shlakish interpreted it, it's beautiful that it's the Shlakish, the Shlakish. Shlakish, also in Shitas Rab Shimon, that you had a mum, and you shechted it chutz, and you did not redeem it yet. Shechita was the one that was matarit, because now you could redeem it. It's considered as if you already redeemed it. So it's called the Shechita, Shechita Ruya, Shema Shechita, Rav Shimon holds Yechayev to pay Dalad Vehei. Now before we move on, turning back to Daf Ayin Zayin Amadalev, first of all, the Minchas Elazar quotes in the name of Hasidah Sherebis that this large Toysvist, Parah, Mitame, Tumay Sechalen, was written by a Baal Toysvist the night before he was killed by the Christians, by the Catholics, for not becoming a Goy. As our tragic history was, that in the, during the times of the Bali Toysavis, it's in France. Then today it's the Muslims, then it was the Catholics. They used to force Yidin, the sword, or convert. And Yidin died al-Kiddush Hashem. So imagine the Bali Toysavis that wrote this was already condemned to die. They killed him the next day, and the night before he wrote this Toysavis. So it's important to quote some of this Toysavis. Toysavis has the following question. He doesn't understand the whole B'raisa. You're, telling, you're asking whether the Pada could convey Tumah or cannot convey Tumah whether it goes into the category one of the, the novelties of paraduma, which makes it into a chayik that it's matama satahayrim paraduma is matama everyone if you use it, it's matame and when it's matame the kain who sprinkles a kain tame not only is it matame the kain himself it's matame his garments it's a tumah chamura tumah soichlin is a tumah kala oichlin cannot be matama the clothing oichlin can only be matama uh, 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 another other food, oichlin umashkin. So Toysvus answers one approach will be is that we're speaking about a case where there is less. Someone else had tummy dika food, but as we mentioned in the previous year, that everyone is moida. That in order for tummy dika food to be able to be metame metashva to convey tuma, it needs to have the amount of a kebeya. To contract Tuma, let's go here, Mushitas Toysvis, and maybe Rashi here changes his mind, Toysvis claims, that it can contract Tuma with the minimum amount. So there is food that is less than the size of a Kebeya. Mushitas Toysvis, that it can contract Tuma, it's tummy, but it cannot convey Tuma. What happens if you combine a piece of meat from the Paraduma with that food? So that is what this din is Negea for. That's one approach on Toysvis. So if the meat of the paraduma l'shitas rab shimen, since there was a shasa koisher, can also convey tuma, then if this meat together, you're saying paraduma is tamay anyway, perfect. So now you have a piece of paraduma, you have a piece of other oichalin 
that became Tomei, together they form a Kebeya. The din is that if you have Tomei de Kafur and the amount of a Kebeya, it can convey Tomei to something else. If we were to say that Paraduma, according to Rav Shimon, never contracts Tumas Oichalin, then yes, when the Paraduma in itself has the power to be Metayr, Metame Satohayrim. But not when it comes to the dinim of that other Batzeik, needing to have the shear of a Kebeya, this cannot combine with that. You're one of the Kebeya to convey Tuma by touch. That's one answer in Taisus. And there's many other answers, and the Ayin enjoy learning the Taisus and the Ayin Zayin Pada. But coming back over here, so now we're good, we explain the Mishnah. Three lines on the top of the Amid continues the Gemara. Bishlaim Rabbi Yechanan, Loi Amar Kedav Shemem Ben Lakish. The reason why Rabbi Yechanan say according to Rabbi Dimi, which was the first answer in Rabbi Yechanan, the animal, the Kachim was a Tamim that was slaughtered in the Azara, Lishain Bailim, or Ravin in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, that the animal was a Tamim that was slaughtered in the Azara, Shaloi Lishain Bailim. They did not answer our Mishnah like Reish Lakish, the Kabayel Oikmalamas Nisan, Afilo Bitmimim. Because they wanted our Mishnah not to be limited to an animal that got blemished. It works even if the animal is Tamim. It's a Shechita Ra'uya because it was slaughtered with Nim. That answer is better because you're not forcing the din of Reish Lakish only in a case where the animal got blemished. Answers the Gemara. Amar answers Reish Lakish. I'll tell you why. And we had this concept before. In the parsha of Aganeth who later was slaughtered or sold, the Torah says, Utevachai oi mecharai. The Torah juxtaposes Tzvicha and Mechira says Reish Lakish, like this, Kol Heicha de Mechira, wherever there's a scenario that if the Ganev sells it, he'll be obligated to pay the four or five for the selling, there and only there Isabe Tzvicha, if instead of selling it, he slaughtered it, he has to pay Dalad Vehei, they have to go on the same track. However, Bechol Heicha de Lesebe Mechira, wherever he cannot sell it, Lesebe Tzvicha, then even if he slaughters it, he's not going to be Chayv to pay. And therefore, look at Reish Lakish, continuing in the Gemara, Vahani, if we're speaking about, like you Rabbi Yechanan, if we're speaking about unblemished Kachim, Hoyel Dechim is Dabein, Kachim Lehava Mechira. If this Ganef were to sell it, and by the way, that's not only on the Ganef, even if the owner were to sell it, if it's unblemished Kachim, even according to Rab Shimon, that it's considered the owner's, because he's Chayv Bachrayas, but it's not fully his. It's only Dover HaGoyrim Lamamin, but it's really belonging to God. If he were to sell it, the act of sale has no halachic consequence. It's not called a sale. So since it's a piece of meat, an animal, that, is, that cannot be sold, so according to the Shlakish, there is no din of Tzvich mechira. It has to be speaking about a blemished animal. Gewaldig. Leis nu and the Gemara collaborates. The Gemara says, and exactly, that this machlekes between Rabbi Yechanan and Eshlakish, now we're learning a new din, that the Eshlakish limits the din of Tvich or Mechira one to the other. The only time where a Ganef will have to pay Dalad Vehei is where the Ganef had a halachic option. It's not that halachic, he's a Ganef. But wherever, he would be able either to sell it or to shecht it. And if he cannot do one, even though he could have done the other and he did the other, he won't be penalized with Dalad Vehei. The Itmar we learned regarding a Ganev, a Ganev steals an animal. And then 
instead of shechting the animal, he sells it. Now, we did learn in Daf Ayin, if a Ganav steals an animal, and he shechts an animal, and the animal is treif, if he shechts it, what did Rab Shimon say? He's not chayv, the Why not? Because since shechito she'ein eruyel, you didn't shecht it. What happens if instead of shechting it, you sold it? You were moichet a treifah. So the, it says, in the, it says, it was stated that Ledivit, according to Rab Shimon that holds, that had the Ganef slaughtered it, he would not pay Dalad Vehei. Shechita she'ein eruyel, losh moshechita. What happens in the, in the case of sale? Rabbi Yechinen says, you're chayv. As we just learned, Rabbi Yechanan does not connect one with the other. Even in a scenario where you cannot do one, if you did the other, and the other worked, you have to pay the However, the Shlakish says, Pater. The Shlakish says that if you sold, if a Ganav steals a Trefa animal, and then he sells the Trefa animal, how do you know it's Trefa? You'll find out later. Whoever bought it, checks it. Once you discover... Oh, there's, there are 18 types of illnesses or blemishes in an animal that even if you make a shechita kshera, halachically you could never eat that animal. There's a hole in the lung. There you go. No one knew about it, but if you discover later it's treif, so that Shlakish is saying, you're not chayv dalad vehei. Why? Because of this juxtaposing, because of the smichos. Rabbi Yechinen says chayv, afal gav even though according to Rabbi Shimon, that holds shechita she'ene ruoy loishma shechita, and if the ganav were to shecht it, he won't have to pay dalad vei. So what? He didn't shecht it; he sold it for selling it. Yechayev dalad vei isim b'mechira. Reish Lakish says, but there why? Because kiven the leisei b'tficha. Since according to Rab Shimon, for the act of shechita, you won't have to pay dalad vei. Leisei b'mechira, you don't have to pay dalad vei if you sell it. So coming back over here, that's why Reish Lakish was unable to. Speak to explain our Mishnah that we're speaking about kachim that are wholesome, kachim that are unblemished. Kachim that are unblemished are leisei b'mechira. If the leisei b'mechira, even if you did tficha, the way that Shlokesh explained, Rabbi Yechinen will hold, you won't have to pay dal vehi. Even with the whole explanation that we gave, yishechadit nichutz, and kol ho'emid lipadis kipadi dame, so what? If you cannot, by t'mimim, kol ho'emid lizrei kizarek dame, if you can't sell it, then if you shechted it, you're not going to be chayv dal vehi. Now, one second, according to you, that you connect one with the other, how do you explain the following Braiso? The Braiso says, Ganaf Kilayim. Kilayim means a crossbreed here. And the crossbreeding that we are referring to is a lamb and a goat that had an offspring. Now, let's not forget that when true, that we limit the din of Dalad Vehei to only an ox, a shoyed, and a seh, we said the whole time that seh in this parasha doesn't only mean a lamb. Seh here means a lamb or a goat. It's only on these three animal types that you're chayev, four or five, if you sold or slaughtered. But if you have an animal that comes from a lamb and a goat, but it's a crossbreed, doesn't matter who was the dad and who was the mom. So it says in Ebraisa, if you ganvit a kalayim and you shechted it, or if you ganvit an animal that it's treif and you sold it, in both of these cases, you're going to be high of Dalad Vehei. We do consider a crossbreed a seh. It's not a pure lamb, it's not a pure goat, but it's coming from a lamb and a goat. And each one by themselves, you're chayiv for tvicha or mechira, likewise in kalayim from a lamb and a goat. Now, look at, the, look at, look at this b'raisa. The b'raisa doesn't speak about tvicha mechira in both cases. The b'raisa doesn't say that if ganaf kalayim 
or ganav treifa, and then you sell it or you shecht it. The Braisha doesn't say it. First of all, says the Gemara, my love, Rab Shimini. Who's the author of this Braisha, Rab Shimon? Like Rashi points out. Why is the author of Rab Shimon? Because if you don't hold that shechita she'ena rishuya, according to if you would hold like the Chachamim that Shema Shechita, then why did the Braisa, when it speaks about a Treifa, only give the case of Mechara? According to the Rabbanon, if a person steals a Treifa, and you shecht it, Yechayev Dalad Vehei. Yechayev both for Tvicha and for Mechira. The fact that the Braisa says Treifa U Mechara, Luchura, the whole Braisa is Rab Shimon. Now one second, Af Alma. Now what, what do we say Alma? Af Lagav Deleisa B'Tvicha. If even though it's Rab Shimon, and Taka by Tvicha you're going to be Exempt because it's loish moshchita, but you sold it, so that's a kasha against the shlakish. Amar leish franz the shlakish loy. No, 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 no. Our brayser, according to Rab Shimon, they go on the same track. Treifa, you're not chayiv, not for tviha. Shchita she'ena shu'a. You're not chayiv for mechira. This brayser is the rabbanon. I asks the gemara, e rabbanon treifa the mechira isa bezvicha leisa. According to the Chachamim, why did the Braiso only speak about selling a treifa? According to the Chachamim, if a Ganev shechts a treifa, even though it's not ru'ya to eat, but you still chayiv dalad vehei, why did they only speak about mechira? So counters the Gemara, the Elamite of Shimon, one second, for that, for that you're going to respond that the Braiso is Rab Shimon, that still didn't resolve the question. Why not? Because Kilayim, that we're learning that Kilayim is included in Parshas dalad vehei, the din that Yechai of Dalad Vehei for Kalayim isn't only on Tficha, which is the case of the Braisa, by Mechira also. Kalayim b'Tficha Isa b'Mechira Lasa. So I'm back to the question, why did the Braisa only by Kalayim speak about one case? Ella, I'm going to answer you, that Tana Tficha v'odin l'Mechira. This Tana only gave an example. So when it spoke about Yeshechting Kalayim, it didn't only mean shechting, which is taka din, that if you shecht a kalayim, you chayv dalad vehei, and if you sell kalayim dalad vehei, tvicha hu adin lemechira. Likewise, emel rabbanan tana mechira adin letvicha. In the case of a treifa, taka like the rabbanan, both you chayv on mechira, you also chayv on tvicha. The brayse gave one example in each case, to which the gemara says, nah. But Rabbi Yechonon will tell you, hi my, what kind of logic are you telling me? If the author is Rab Shimon, then I'll tell you. I did the ton of Trefa Since the Braisa, by the case of Trefa, the Braisa was unable to teach it by both scenarios. According to Rab Shimon, if you're Trevayach Trefa, you're Potter. So the Braisa needed to only give the case of Mechira. So since in the case of Trefa, you only could have taught it by one, Tanakalayim Bechada, to make the Braisa symmetric. Even though Be'emes Kalayim is included in the din of Dalad Vehei, and it's included Sai if you shecht it or if you sell it, both Tvicha Oy Mechira, the Braisa gave one example for one, it only gave one for the other. In the case of Trefa, it was only able to speak about one. In Kalayim, it was able to speak about two, but it gave one just for symmetry. But E Elo E Amrat Rabbanan, according to you, Reshlakish, you Taka have to learn the Braises, the Chachamim, because you will hold that according to Rab Shimon, nothing that's done to a Trefa will make the Ganaf have to pay four or five. But my question will be, Na'arvinu, Vinisninu, why didn't the Braisa begin by mixing both cases together and saying that Ganaf Kalayim, if a person stole an animal that's a crossbreed, 
street, or if a gun of stolen animal, that's Trefal, and then the price should have said all together, he was Tavachan, he shechted it, or Umacharan, and the din is Mashalam Tashlomi, Abba Hamisha. And the Gemara says, Taka Kashem, it doesn't refute Rish Lakish, but it's a doichik to say that the Braisa goes according to the Chachamim. Had that been so, the Braisa shouldn't have limited neither of these cases to only one Tvichu or Mechir, it should have been to both. But we didn't refute Rish Lakish. So now again, we're going back to this new Machlaikis, whether we combine one to the other. And Rish Lakish says that we combine one with the other again, which means that since Lerab Shimon, if you're Taiveyach at Reifah, you don't have to pay Dalad Vehei. That's a Beferish Mishnah. And that's Ayin. Because Shechita, She'ena Ru'uya, Loishma Shechita. The Shlakish will hold. Same thing will be that if you sell, according to Rav Shimon, Etreifa, you also won't be penalized with Dalad Vehei. Now let's go back to the Din of Kalayim. Says the Gemara, Kalayim, you told me, according to everyone, that's the Braisa, that an animal that's a crossbreed from a lamb and a goat is included in the parsha of Tvicho Mechira. Frek the Gemara, in that Pasik, it begins with Kiyignoif Ish, Shoir Oiseh. And Seksiv, the Torah uses the word Seh, and the problem is, Omar Rava, Rava says, and we're going to go follow Shitas Toisvis, that explains, I'm sorry, we're going to follow Shitas Rashi and Chulim, that explains that Rava is referring to a Pasik in Parsha Sre'ei, which is also speaking about kosher and non-kosher animals. And in Parshas Re'eh it says, Zois habehema asher toichelu. Shoir, say kisavim. Or, say izim. The Torah uses the word seh, and Rava says, zeh bona'av. That the word seh in, in Parshas Re'eh is going to be the base to, t- to tell you that kol makim shenemar seh, einoi elo lo'it siyasakalayim. When Hashem uses the word seh, God means to exclude kalayim. Because in Parshas Re'eh it says, say ksavim, or say izim. The Torah didn't have to say the word seh, it's mamash extra. It's to teach you that seh means a pure seh, either from a kevis, or kesev, or from an ace. But if it's a crossbreed, it's not called a seh. So if that's the case, why are we including a crossbreed in the penalty of Dalad Vehei answers the Gemara. Shanahachi here is different to Amar Kra. The Pasik here, as we mentioned, in Parshas Mishpatim, says, ish shoir. Oi seh. There is an extra word. The Torah could have said shoir. This seh, which also could have meant or. Oi is the extra letter. Ah, lerabi is a It's extra to include the kalayim from the oi. Counters the Gemara. Bechol oi lerabi su. Every oi is including Vahatanya. Now we're quoting a Braiso that's based on a Pasik in Parshas Emoir. There the Torah says regarding people that are consecrating their animals. So the Pasik is telling you, we read the Sanyantiv, that you can only offer Kachim from the eighth day and on. And the Parsha there begins that Shoir Oi Chesev, Oi Eis Kiyavalit, an ox or a lamb or a goat that is born. So the Pasuk says that for the first seven days it has to stay with the mother. It's only It's only from the eighth day you can offer it as a carbon. So dear, there's a Braise that says that you cannot offer to the Beis Amigdash a crossbreed. Because what type of animal can you bring as a carbon? Either cattle, which means oxen, cows, or when they're 
when they're calves, but from that type, or as the Pasuk says, Shoir, Oi, Chesev, Oi, Eis, one or the other and not a mixture. Prat Leklayim, that is being excluded from the Oi between the words Shoir and Chesev. Now there's another Oi, it says Oi, Eis, or a goat. So that Oi is excluding Nidma. Nidma means a mutant. A mutant means that if both parents, let's say, were lambs, but there are times that the animal looks just like a goat. Or both parents were goats, but the animal looks like a lamb. That cannot be offered as a carbon either. So clearly you see from oi in emoid excludes. Why would the oi here in Parshas Mishpatim include? Answers the Gemara, Amarava. This is a very important approach. That You have to see the context of the Pasik in order for you to understand what to do with an extra word. According to the context, accordingly will be the interpretation. Interpretation. Since it says, Had the When the Torah says, the two animals for which you have to be what are the two animals? An ox or a lamb? Can you physically crossbreed an ox and a lamb. Now, we're not speaking about the genetic splicing that the world discovered now, but we're going to learn in Mirz Hashem a very fascinating Gemara in Mesech de Bechayrus, Andaf Ches, Amad Aleph. The Gemara is teaching you, physically, what animals could be crossbred, meaning that if the parents have a relation, it can act, the mother can get pregnant and what cannot. And the Gemara over there gives two rules, that if they are animals, that they gestate for the same amount of time, and the way that they have an act of cohabitation are the same. So for example, what's the act of cohabitation the same? The options are panim el panim, panim el ochred or ochred el ochred. There the Gemara says that Adam, that people, fish and snakes have a relation panim el panim. And the question is how long do human beings gestate for? So there we're, we're going to learn that none of them, the man and the snake and the fish have different periods. And we're going to see over there that a behemoth, Daka, the gestation period is of five months. So an ox and a, and, a, and a lamb or a goat, they physically have relations face to back. But the gestation period, the, the, the small animals, says the sheep or the goat, they gestate for five months. A kosher behemagasa is nine months. So since the periods of gestation are not the same, they cannot become a crossbreed. That's the whole Gemara over there that the Gemara mentions that a snake, the time of its gestation is seven years. And the Gemara there in Ahmed Bez, that's a very famous Gemara, asks, yeah, a snake becomes pregnant for seven years? And that's the whole, that we, it was challenged, and that's the whole story that Rabbi Shob ben Hananiah went to debate the Sove de Atuna, the sages of Athens. And it's a very cryptic debate. It's like one of those most amazing sugyas. And he won the debate. The kid said, a shayr and a sek cannot crossbreed. Even though, again, the tashmish is the same, but the gestation period is different. A sheep and a goat, they could crossbreed because it's both panem alacher and they're both for five months. So coming back over here, when the Torah says shayr, the two examples the Torah gives are two animal types that can never crossbreed. So it should not... It should not include Kalayim. So if the Torah gives examples of scenarios where you can't even have a crossbreed, which would make you think that we're not including crossbreeds, so when they're now you have an extra word, it comes to include something you would not have known otherwise. Which is Taka the Din, that the 
penalty for Tvicho or Mechira isn't only on an ox, isn't only on a lamb, isn't only on a goat, it's also for a crossbreed from a lamb and a goat. However, Gabi Kachim, we quoted the Pasik in Parshas Emoid. The Pasik begins, Shoir, Oy Chesev, Oy Eiz. Ah, Chesev and Eiz, a lamb and a goat, they could crossbreed. That's the safe of the Pasik. The Chesev, Chesev, Eiz, Sha'at Physically, if a lamb and a goat, they can, uh, the, whoever the mom is, she can get pregnant. So since it already includes kalayim, it allows for kalayim. So over there, when you have an extra word, oy lamayetu. Now we're going to daf ayin ches, to which the Gemara right away challenge. Hold on. In the Pasik and Parshas Emoid, doesn't only mention chesev oyez. The Pasik begins that shoir oy chesev oyez. Why are you looking at the sefer of the Pasik? And by saying, ah, the Sefer is giving examples of animals that could cross-breed. Nami Nemar and Emer, it also says, Shoidoi Chesev. And if you take the ratio of the Pasik, the ox and the lamb, they cannot cross-breed. And therefore, Vinarbi. So if the, let's do the same thing we do over here. The trader begins with examples that cannot create a cross-breed. So now, in that context, an extra word should include... Answers the Gemara, no, meet the Sefer Lamayit. See, the question is, what, do you look at the Reisha, do you look at the Sefer? Since it says, Shoir oy, Chesev Oyez, Chesev Oyez do include Reisha Nama Lamayit. So again, since the Sefer allows for a crossbreed, so in that context, Oy is going to exclude. So once Oy is going to exclude, we also use the Oy in the Reisha to exclude, which is why we exclude two things. We exclude Kalayim, cannot be offered as a carbon, and we exclude the mutant, the Nidma. So the Gemara says, Why are you looking at the Sefer? Look at the Reisha. Answers the Gemara, Again, this expression, what kind of logic do you have? If we're going to understand that the Oiz in Emor are coming to diminish, to exclude, who that's why the trader says twice, it says, Shoir, Oi Chesev, Oi Eiz. There are two Oiz there. Why? Because even if, when you use one to exclude Kalayim, you would not automatically exclude the mutant. It could be that, you know what, God does not want for a carbon, an animal that was produced from two different parents. It, this is a lamb, this is a goat. But maybe if both parents are lambs, or both of them are goats, even though the animal looks like another type, but it comes genetically from one type, so therefore you need another oi to exclude the mutant as well. But if we're going to look at the Reisha, and therefore, Shoir, Oi, Chesev, does not allow for Kalayim. And we're going to say, ah, so now the Oi is going to be Marbe Kalayim. So then the question will be, the trader would not need two Ois. Why not? Exactly, because if you even include Kalayim, Hashta Kalayim Irabile, Nidma Mibaya. So because of you having two Oi Oi, it has to be its Lama'uta. How do you explain the Lama'uta in the context of the Pasik? You look at the Sefer of the Pasik. Safe of the Pasik naturally allows for Kalayim. Chesev oy so the oy is l'mamayit, and l'mamayit Kalayim, l'mamayit Nidma. Coming back in Pasha's Mishpatim, Shoir oy se, Shoir oy se doesn't allow for Kalayim, the oy is l'rabo, is Kalayim, and that's how we explain the Braisa, that if you sell a Kalayim, or if you shech the Kalayim, you're going to be chayiv, dalid, vehei, in Mertz Hashem, to be continued.